Hi friends, it's Jen from No One Is Listening, and I am here with my co-host Steve. Steve, do you want to say hi instead of cracking up at me? Hello, everyone. Um, I don't know what I did. That was so funny, but it was a little bit awkward. I have to admit. I think I, I don't know. It was just it was, no, it was great. It was perfect. Okay, so in this episode, we are going to be talking about. Taylor Swift. Oh, man. Reputation. Reputation. Her album came out on November 10th. Um, this is a couple of days after mm-hmm. that. And then by the time you listen to this, it will be like a couple of weeks after it. So um, Steve and I are a little bit fresh off of the release. And we're not music critics. So we haven't like sat here like listening to the right. album, preparing for this podcast. But um, I think we have, you know, given Taylor's... Um, just whole like package of like marketing and just her celebrityness and in addition to the music i think we have enough that we felt like we could talk about i think so i think um so let's start with this taylor swift's reputation is her sixth album dang can't believe it's already number six Mm -hmm. came out on november 10th according to billboard and this fact i think can be um again closer to when you when our listeners will be listening to the podcast um some of these things that are predictions will either be true or not but right. here here is where we stand today mm-hmm. so it has sold seven hundred thousand copies in one day that is insane and it could sell over a million in its first week just for a point of reference 1989 which is her last album sold 1.25 million in its first week so People are thinking that this could break that record, considering it's wow. 700000 in one day. Um, she is the only artist to hold the distinction of having over three albums sell over a million in its first week, according to... Um, oh, you say that again? So, 1989, her album Red and Speak Now, so three albums, mm-hmm. have all sold over a million in its first week, and she's wow. the only act to hold that distinction. Um, wow. That could become four records four. If, oh. if Reputation does the same thing. Um, and it could also, Reputation can also become the best-selling record of 2017 if we are keeping up with this trend. <sighs> so that's kind of just like the little backstory of um, Reputation. Uh, this nuts. feels like a really long time in the making. She's mm. been mm-hmm. dropping singles um, since, I think, end of August. I think she dropped end her first yep. single when I was not in the country. And I was yes. like, why, Taylor, why? Um, so we can talk a little bit about maybe like some of the singles that she dropped prior to Reputation. Mm-hmm. So she started with um, Look What You look, Made Me look Do. Look What You Made Me Do. Yeah. I think you do not like that song. I... Um, would go so far to say uh, I don't know I yeah no, I don't like it it's not my favorite Taylor single or her first single off of an album ever but I actually don't mind that song really and whenever I I hear think it's the worst it, song on the album oh well that I can't say right now because oh, I haven't you, right, listened to right, the uh, whole right. um, that's album that's an enough. question yeah yeah but I whenever that song comes on like I find it super fun to sing really to. yeah yeah, and you know, I've told you my favorite part is like the thing when she like talks to herself and she's like, well, all Taylor's dead. dead. Like, I don't know. I just think it's a fun song, but I think I'm in the minority there because it was mm-hmm. not very well received by a lot of people. Yeah. 
I will say that it's one of my favorite music videos of hers because I think there's just so many layers to it. And I just really like that visual of all of the tailors. All all the tailors. Yeah, in her entire career, just being in that one shot. Um, so I, 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 mean, I, I'm, I will vouch for like I'll, uh-huh. I'll go to bat for it. Right. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna plant your flag on that. Hill. Yes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And then a few weeks later, she released "Ready for It." I like that song. I also very much like "Ready for It." She recently released the video for it, yes. and I hate the video. The video is super like. It reminds me of the Ghost in the Shell trailer. Yes, that's what people have been saying. I don't like that nude robot suit that she's wearing. I just, I don't, I just did not like the video. I remember watching it with my wife, and she's like a huge, super Taylor yes, fan. Yes, she's the and biggest then, Taylor Swift fan I know. And then we kind of looked at each other and we we're like, "What is this?" So what was that about? You know. Um, but the song, I thoroughly enjoy the song and. Funny enough, I don't know if it's ironic or not, um, if that's even the right word to describe it, but it sounds like a Kanye West song, like a very specific one from his Yeezus album. Um, really? Yeah. And I, after we're done with this, You'll I'll play I'll, it. I'll play for what you. What song is it? Uh, I forget which one. Do you think it's a, it's purposeful? No, I don't think it's I don't think it's purposeful. It you know what it might be, but I like super I super doubt it, but it I forget which one which one is it? Uh I don't know. I'll figure it out later, okay. but it sounds a lot like his Yeezus, a specific song from the Yeezus album. Okay. Um but that kind of just makes me like it more, you know. I don't think it was purposeful. And even if it was like so what Kanye and I'm a huge Kanye West Fan. I yes, love him to death. Yeah. I mean, he's made a career off sampling songs. Yeah. So like, whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, because I, I don't think their beef is like. It's not that I don't think it's real. It's that I think it doesn't take up as much as their mind space as much as we think it does. Yeah. So I mean, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Okay. You know what I mean? Fair. Um. So I like ready for it. Um. The one after that, I believe, was gorgeous. Yes. Right. What do you think of Gorgeous? You know, <clears throat> I think Gorgeous is fine. Yeah. I actually, I liked it. It's uh, the song that's been stuck in my head today. There is, my wife was telling me that there's this weird, I don't know if it's a rumor, but it, no, it's not a rumor. It's like people are trying to make it a meme that it's about a female instead of a dude. Why? I don't know why. That's just what people are saying. Carly... Claus? Claus. Mm-hmm. People are trying to make that a thing, that Gorgeous is about Carly Which Claus. is funny. So Carly Claus is a supermodel that Taylor Swift is, like, really good friends with and part of, like, her squad or whatever. But I like also, how you say it so condescendingly. Like, I'm that makes sorry. me so happy. I'm sorry, but, like, we can move on from her squad. <laughs> um... But they also, like, haven't been, like, photographed together or haven't, like, really interacted recently. So a lot of people think that, like, she's not part of her squad anymore. Mm. And then in the Look What You Made Me Do video, you know what? The fact that I'm, like, sprouting these things, like, I just, I'm a little bit ashamed of myself. But um, I forget what part it is. Like, she's wearing something that has, like, 
names of people that she's friends with all over it. Like, it's a jacket or, like, I forget. And, like, Carly's name is not on it. And very well, it could have been on the other side or, like, like, whatever. But, um, like, a lot of people, like, looked into it. So the fact that, like, people are trying to, like, make that a thing is kind of funny. Um, I think Gorgeous is kind of interesting because um, it's, like, it objectifies a guy. (laughs) And I just, like, to me, like, it should be, like, a guy singing this about a girl uh-huh, uh-huh. and like it's not it's literally taylor singing about how like she hates this guy because he's so good looking or like whatever like it's just like to me it's just like a funny like let's yeah let's objectify guys <laughs> yeah. kind of thing um so those are the three kind of like singles that she released and then she dropped reputation oh but remember there was the tgit Oh, yeah, so. and my stupid DVR did not record Scandal for some reason, so I didn't oh, see it. interesting. Um, but was it New Year's Day? Yeah, it was New Year's okay. Day. It was, like, a piano performance of New Year's Day that she did in, like, for, like, her fans. And, like, um, it was, like, you know when they do the private <clears throat> screenings mm-hmm. or whatever? Mm-hmm. It was one of those, um, and she's, like, playing New Year's Day. And it, what was really, like, confusing... No, so the song, I like. I like that song New Year's Day New Year's Day yeah and I can't believe I didn't mention this to my wife while we were watching it but I was like how did those people already they were singing along I have no idea how did they already know the lyrics to the song I have no idea maybe they gave them the lyrics I don't know you know yeah um but yeah no I I, I, the only song that I like didn't like Mm -hmm. like was um Look What You Made Me Do okay um yeah I don't know I don't know just I like certain parts of it yeah but the part that is like based off the I'm too sexy, it just throws <coughs> me off a lot. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, but I will say that the rest of the song, so like uh, uh, My Wife Got Reputation, uh, when it came out, we listened to the, I mean, she's been listening to it like on repeat mm-hmm. and I've listened to it like once through. Yeah, and I've I listened to it a couple of times, like. Like straight through. Yeah. Uh, and so I was asking her like questions about it, and she was like explaining some things about like some of this like questions I had. I was like, "Oh, what's that about? What's this about?" Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I'm also biased because I have the luxury of listening to it with a super fan yeah. who will like explain to me certain things yeah. that I would not necessarily know without her. Right. So um, I'm gonna say that this is a solid album. It's good. There are some like. I mean, this is... I play this game sometimes with, with artists, and it's not a fair game, right? And I do, like, oh, which of these songs are going to go on, like, their best of album, mm-hmm. right? And that and you're not limited to, like, 12 songs. Either. Like, let's just say, like, how many of these belong in, like, the pantheon of best songs? Um, and I haven't spent enough time with it to be like, oh, these are the ones, but I think there's going to be, like... Sure. Almost, like, two to three songs, yeah. at least, that go on there. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I did mention to you, like, before we were recording was, so I, I'm on, like, the Wikipedia page, and, man, there is not a single song that is not produced by either Max Martin or Jack Antonoff, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think that Taylor has really narrowed down her sound and narrowed down, like, the people that she wants to work with uh-huh. as a pop star, uh-huh. and... 
Yeah, I think those two were really heavy presences in her last album too, and yeah. um, I think it's just kind of a character. So I guess I wasn't as surprised as, or you know, like it wasn't a thought. To mm, yeah, that I. Yeah, I mean, I guess <clears throat> that what we just said about Taylor it could be said about like pop stars or pop artists in general nowadays. Like mm-hmm. you either work with one or the other, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not like a choose your battle thing. It's just like. No, like, the song you work with him and the song yeah. you work with the other one. And, um, I don't know, it makes me a little sad, maybe. Okay. You know, just because, like, I think she's at her best when she's, like, doing her thing. And who knows, maybe... What do you mean doing her thing like, without a producer? Because I think she's always had... No, I mean, she's always had a producer, but I just feel like... Uh, even, like, with the writing credits... Yeah. At least one of them is on the writing credits for yeah. every song. You know? Mm-hmm. And I know, like... I don't, I have to be very careful how I say this, but um, in terms of production, mm-hmm. I have, a, I've heard just in terms of like, just in terms of making music, that's the only thing I'm talking about right now. Mm-hmm. It's not that different working with Max Martin as it is with like Dr. Luke. Like they're very like. Except I hope one of them is like not. This is, I'm just talking about professionally. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm talking just about yeah. professionally, right? Like I heard they're very like oh, like, there's a math to this. Like, there's a specific way you have to make songs to make it popular yeah. that, where, like, people will like it. Like, you do this and then that and then this and this order and this, like, frequency at this ratio. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think that is a way to get Taylor Swift's songs to be, like, as popular as possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes, like, the best song popular and, like, the most popular song possible aren't, one in the same you know and I feel like with Jack Antonoff uh, I have to walk it back because I was like man he has such a specific sound Mm -hmm. you know when like he produces songs especially with Taylor but I gotta say this is why we can't have nice things on New Year's Day pretty good yeah you know so I I I, really actually like both of those songs Um, this is why we can't have nice things you know what because at the end of the day you know what it is? It doesn't even really matter because at the end of the day, whether she's working with Max Martin, Jack Antonoff, doesn't matter who she's working with, she's the queen of hooks. Yes. She's the queen of hooks and any song she makes will have at least one part that you're like, I like that part. Mm-hmm. Even like, are you ready for it? There's like a, I don't even remember which part is. You mean, there's, look what you made me do. I'm sorry. Because you look, don't yeah, like that song. Yeah, look yeah. what you made me do. Even in that song, there's a specific part where I'm like, oh, it builds up to something. Old and Taylor's dead. <laughs> Super I'm trying part. to make this a thing. <laughs> you know, there, in every song that she makes, there is a hook and it is catchy. Even if it isn't like objectively great, yeah. there is something there. And especially because she writes all of her songs, mm-hmm. she will always have something for her fans who mm-hmm. like know her yeah. to hold on to. So it's like, you know, it's almost like a, I don't want to say impossible because that takes away from her talent, Mm -hmm. but it is highly improbable for her to make a song that doesn't please at least someone in that like Venn diagram of people. Yeah. And, um, speaking of, so, uh, she won a country music award earlier this week. Really? Yes. Cause she wrote a song for, um, a little town group called Little Town. I don't Oh, it's a to, group called Little mm-hmm. Okay. I don't listen to um obviously I don't really listen to uh country music. Mm-hmm. But um but my point is 
even the people who loved her as a country singer, like she's still able to like write songs for other artists or like just still yes. be like tied to those roots. So I do think she's very, very good at her fan service. Um, I wanted to use that as a segue into like her promotion for this album. Oh, so the other day, good segue. my friend was like, oh, are you excited about the album coming out tomorrow? And I completely was like, is it the 10th? Is it the 12th? Is it the 9th? Oh, like, I had no idea. Uh-huh. And it's because also, like, um, I haven't been as involved in this album release as, like, some of her other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it had to do with, like... Um, just kind of some of the things that have happened this past year with Taylor and like just her personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think the promotion that she's been doing for um, Reputation is vastly different from like everything leading up to the release of 1989. There's no Ellen appearance, right? Mm -hmm. She's doing SNL tonight Mm -hmm. or whenever you listen to to it. Like she did it two weeks ago. Um, and yeah she like you know she did like her traditional like listening parties where she invites fans over to her houses more than one house um and then yeah yeah. (laughs) and she's like partnered with like i think the united postal service is or ups is you can call it ups you know (laughs) most people know it as ups ups is like the official like uh delivery partner of like her album and like all of the materials and like AT&T is her official content partner so Mm -hmm. they've been putting out these like content like packages and like exclusive like behind the scenes content but other than that like she hasn't been overly using social media to promote this she hasn't been using um like I feel like she's all over Tumblr and all over her fans Tumblr like for 1999 and like it hasn't really been like that and I think maybe it's a sign of her like growing up a little bit maybe it's a sign of her like kind of still trying to be low-key and like lay low given some of the shit that she's like taken taken but also like i feel like she's like created for herself Mm. i feel like a lot of that stuff like she like also created like she dug her own grave in a sense Mm -hmm. um So it's been kind of interesting, you know? Like, I just think the rollout has been more subdued. But, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, it it hasn't affected albums. 700,000 in a day. And she's kind of the only artist who, like, first of all, there's no... um, Like, she's holding the album from streaming sites. For a week, I think, For a week, and, like... Most people can't get away with stuff like that. There's no way you hit numbers like this and yeah. you're doing that. But it made me be like, shoot, where do I... Because um, like, I was just going to listen to it on Spotify first. Right. But then I was like, oh, I should go buy it. And then I was like, oh, should I go buy a CD? But then I was like, my new laptop doesn't even have a CD thing. I don't think my car has a CD. So like, I it's like the first Taylor yeah, album that I like did not buy a CD for. Um, so it's like a weird era. It's like that's the only way to buy it, but there is no way to listen to it. Yeah. Because most things... So fun fun fact is that like uh, when my wife, when we got the CD, she has an air and doesn't have a CD drive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And because we got the CD, yeah. 
we, she was like, how am I going to put it on my phone? Because yeah. she didn't want to buy it from iTunes. Yeah. And so I had, we, it was this crazy. What'd you do? So check it out. I, her, her phone is synced to a computer that no longer exists, but it didn't matter because like since 1989, she hasn't put any song, new songs on there. So we had to find out how you can manually manage the iTunes library on your phone. But if you've done it from the beginning, you're fine. But if you haven't done it before, it's like, oh, we have to, it's going to delete everything on your, off, all the music off your phone. And so we had to like find an external hard drive where she had her music and make sure all the songs that were already in there <laughs> were, in, were on, on, the, on this yeah. hard drive so we can sync it to a new computer. And so I, luckily I have a laptop that still has a CD drive. So we plugged it in or put it in there. Ripped it. Ripped it. And then transferred the files from my computer to her phone after making sure that her external hard drive had all the other songs that were still on her phone. And it was a process. Yeah, that sounds like a process. But, um, but you know what? That's what like 700,000 people are willing to do. Yeah, I saw the funniest day. tweet like, oh, Taylor, what like your service isn't going to um, be on streaming service and I have to pay $13.99 on iTunes? Here you go. Like... <laughs> And I was like, oh, I did the same exact thing. I was just like, oh, am I really going to pay 13 And as I was saying it, I was like, hit buy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I've become a little bit less of a fan just in general recently. But at the same time, like, I literally bought it the day it was released. So, like, so here's the thing. Like, I think that with Reputation, this release... Um, even like people who've become a little bit more lukewarm towards her, um, she's coming back from what everybody thought was a permanent downfall or like mm. a very significant downfall. Mm. And she's put out this like mature and well crafted and you know, like cohesively like well made album. And I think that's the tailor that people gravitate to, and that's the tailor that like I bought the album of the one who takes songwriting seriously the one who takes music and her talent seriously and the one who lets her art speak for itself so i'm really glad that reputation is out i will spend the next couple of weeks listening to it i can't say that right now it's my favorite album and i also have a different relationship with this one i think 1989 people do right as soon as i heard it like i could identify songs and like there were songs that like really stood out to me and like i don't i don't really have that with this album right now like when you just listen to it like i'm just like oh shoot like i can never be a music critic because like right now like all the songs kind of sound the same to me um but i'm sure all of that will kind of get ironed out and i will end up loving this album as much as i love all of her albums but yeah. I, you know, you bring up a lot of good points, which is that, like, I think Look What You Made Me Do was, like, a really interesting choice as, like, a first single mm-hmm. to be released. Because I think my thing was, like, oh, wow, this is what the album is going to sound like? This is going to be... This, this, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. going to be interesting. And then you listen to it, and it, like, sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, all the other songs are... And I, I mentioned this to my wife, but it's, like, I also feel like sonically... It's interesting that you think it's you can't like differentiate between the songs because I'm like, man, some of these songs are all over the place in terms of like how they sound. You know what I mean? So, but I guess maybe that's like our just like experience <clears throat> with like the album. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's good. You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see whether or not this is going to be one of those things where, like, the more I listen to it, the more I like it or the less I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something I'm, like, very curious about. Because with 1989, it was like, are you a blank space head or, like, mm-hmm. an out-of-the-woods head? You know what I mean? Yeah. Which, which one of those do you, like, you know? And if you're shake-it-off head, like, you're so basic. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, which one do you gravitate towards? So that is interesting. I hadn't noticed that. The only one I can, like, identify immediately is, like, you know, ready for it. This is why we can't nice things and like New Year's Day. Um, <coughs> those are the ones that like I can like the tune and like the hooks and like the chorus I know like immediately. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, I feel like this is reputation. I feel like tell me what you think about this hypothesis. This is something I just came up with now. I wonder if 1989 was one of those things where it's like it had a lot of really good singles. Mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. reputation might be one of those things where it's like the sum is greater than or the whole is greater than the sum of its parts yeah you know? I think I think that's I mean I don't know maybe I will see but but that's like yeah. a running hypothesis for now and we'll yeah. see how we feel about that yeah later on yeah you know yeah alright great um was there anything else you had for 19 I mean 19 uh for reputation um no I just think it's an interesting uh album title I think it's very uh probably for her indicative of like where she as where she is at the moment right and i think maybe that it's a reminder that like reputations are meant to be like destroyed and built up and Mm. recreated and you know this is this is kind of like where she is now so all right good cool that's a great way to end the segment so uh that's it for reputation and then we'll be back with our obsession of the episode <clears throat> and we're back. Uh, so now we'll move on to the uh, obsessions of the episode section. Uh, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. You want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yours is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So I, my okay. I want to start this by saying um, I think anybody in their like late to early, okay, late twenties to early thirties, yes. um, who grew up when I grew up. Um, <laughs> I would like to start over. Um, read these books called the Babysitter's Club books um, by an author named Anne Ann Martin. Um, they were really like a formidable part of my like growing up experience. They Those books really made me want to be um, not a babysitter because I hate kids, but like um, don't I don't hate kids. I just don't want to ever be a babysitter. Um, but it made me love books and it made me want mm. to read and so like if there's anything that I have to thank for that it's this author and her series of books and so um you know they're about like seven babysitters in like the small town of like Stonyfield like Connecticut and whatever anyways that's not my obsession my obsession <clears throat> is a podcast called the babysitters club club and it's basically two like straight white dudes who spend like 30 minutes to an hour discussing each book. So, like, each episode is based on one book. And it's so good because, obviously, the books are not written for, like, people, adults, or males, right? right? They're for, like, 12 to 13-year-old girls. And so the fact that they're reading this and, like, kind of, like, breaking the characters down, they're just like, you know, like, Marianne is such a dick. Or, like... (sighs) Um, you know, like the idea of this baby's horoscope, they like likened it to like 
communism. Um, it's just, it's so funny, like, and they make it really fun. So I think that even if you've never read these books, which I don't believe you have, Steve. I, 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 I um, recognized it when you said it. I was like, oh, those are like the books. Right? Yeah, I think, um, I think you would kind of just get a kick out of it because mm-hmm. it's not really, yeah, it's not meant for a serious analysis of each book. Mm. So that's, that's my obsession. The Babysitter's Club Club. Excellent. Uh, speaking <clears throat> of funny and things that are fun, um, I watched Thor. Mm-hmm. I heard Ragnarok. it's great. Um, it is very good. Um, it's nice. It's, it, so, the last two Marvel movies, which have been Spider-Man, Homecoming, and Thor Ragnarok, yes, um, have been two of the more enjoyable ones, in my opinion. Okay. Um, it's like, neither one has to do a lot of, like, the, ne- well, first of all, neither are origin stories, which is great. I'm so done with origin stories. Yes, and they take stories. up a lot of time. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and they both brought like a sense of like levity to it and you know especially with Thor it's like it really is like Thor meets like Guardians of the Galaxy except Chris Hemsworth is way more superior to Chris Pratt in my opinion uh, yes. you know? we talked about this right I think oh, we I, talked about the Chris's yes we did talk about the Chris's <laughs> a little bit um you know uh Tessa Thompson is great Tom Hiddleston is great Jeff uh, Goldblum is great um even though he's only in it for like a a total of it must be at most like five to seven minutes um he's great he's a new character yeah and he's only in it for a little bit he's not gonna be i highly doubt they're even gonna bring back for anything else he's just a just a character yeah um you know mark ruffalo is great and he only has like a little bit of time in it i just it's so fun there were a lot of um a lot of jokes you know it's I don't know it's just I think they're really hitting their stride in choosing directors who can pull off their own thing so I have a question yes people seem to be obsessed with this director yes I think so why you know he's I believe from New Zealand okay it's either New Zealand or Australia yeah I, this is really bad I don't know that's not that bad because they're neighbors yeah. right yeah um, and he's done other stuff I'm but glad you said neighbors and not like because they're the same thing <laughs> no 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 but, um, and I think like he also does the voiceover for one of people's favorite characters in the movie oh okay he's like a voiceover for one of the main sources of, of comedy and yeah. jokes in the movie um, and so people like love him and even what I've heard is like a lot of these people um who are like in the movie they're like oh why did you do it? and they're like oh because he asked me to and I wanted to be in a I wanted to be in one of his movies you know? <laughs> what I'm <clears throat> um, sorry what other movies has he been in you know what or has he directed Let, that let's look that up he has a not a weird name that's not what I it's it's not it's, like like Brad Smith you right, know? right it's Taiko Waititi <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, oh he's from New Zealand okay great okay. Um, alright, so he has done, oh, his feature films include Boy, uh, and Hunt for the Wilder People, and What We Do in the Shadows, and yeah, that's it. I mean, those are not exactly, like, I feel like movies that are super mainstream that people have 
like watched or been part of, right? Yeah, but I guess people like, especially <laughs> like people within the industry, like are super like not super fans, but like they are very much fans, you know. Yeah. And so apparently, um, he's great to oh, work with. You he know, directed like a bunch of Flight of the Concords episodes. Oh, okay, okay. perfect. Right. Um, and you know, Anthony Hopkins. There's a scene where. And this isn't spoiling too much because it's like in the very beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where Anthony Hopkins is playing Tom Hiddleston playing Anthony Hopkins. Okay. So it's Odin pretend Anthony Hopkins pretending to be Loki pretending to be Odin. Okay. And it is so funny. Okay. And I don't know. I just like <clears throat> this movie was so enjoyable, and I think everyone should go watch it, even if you've never seen any of the Thors. Before I was just gonna ask that because I have not seen a particular Thor movie. Nah, you don't have to. You, right. don't, you don't really. I'll have enjoy to. it. Yeah, you'll you'll enjoy it. Okay. Um, the music is great. It relies a lot on um, Led Zeppelin for okay. sure, uh-huh. but um, you know that's like that's never a bad thing. You know, you make it really sound like it's like it's just as re- fun as it's like just Guardians a fun, of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's a fun time. It's a good time, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. It, even I would say almost to its detriment almost like dislikes not itself but dislikes like the whole superhero thing a little too much okay you know what I mean so um I didn't like it as much as like the internet seems to be liking it but I did enjoy it. like I still think Spider-Man Homecoming is a was like more fun okay. and was like funnier and like I enjoyed that a lot more yeah um this one is good especially if you watch it with like people who there's like a certain type of person who would enjoy this a lot mm-hmm. and if you watch it with them I could see it being like a really good time okay you know uh, yeah. the other reason this is my obsession of the episode is because of the way I watched it or how I purchased my ticket this was the first time I used movie pass mm-hmm. which is the and it's t- worked and, and it, it worked great both so both my wife and I are subscribed yeah um, we we're gonna cancel her subscription because she was like, I don't see movies enough. And I was like, why don't we wait until Star Wars okay. and then we'll cancel it? Okay. Um, so I download the app. Mm-hmm. I, I already had the app and they send you like a debit card. Yeah, right? which my card's in the mail. Oh, perfect, right? So it only works within 100 feet of the theater, so you have to be there. Okay. Right? So to I buy went, the ticket? Yeah, to buy the ticket or to even use the app. Okay. Um, Interesting. Well, to use the app to buy the ticket. You can okay. still search times <laughs> yeah. and theaters yeah. from your home, but yeah. when it comes time to purchase, yeah. you have to do it at the theater. So we drove there. Instead of going to the kiosk, what I did was I opened up the app. It knew exactly what theater I was in. Mm-hmm. I chose the movie and the time, mm-hmm. and it said, okay, your ticket is ready for purchase. And then I went to the kiosk, did my normal thing. Instead of using my credit card, I just used my movie pass card, and went through, and that was it. Okay. It sounds cumbersome, but when you're doing it, it's like one extra step of the app. <laughs> but then after that, it's like exactly the same. So you don't actually pay for a ticket, right? Like, no. Because that's baked into your membership. It's Ex- like crazy $10. So that's the thing. It's like I pay $10 a month and the movie ticket. It was like $17 probably. It was like, yeah. like twelve ninety five, yeah. And I was like. Someone's losing out on this, someone's, but not me. Yeah, someone's. I feel like I'm cheating them, yeah. but. I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. You know, um, I cannot wait to, like, it makes me want to watch a movie every day. You should. Week. <laughs> yeah, maybe every week. Um, but that, so, I mean, Thor, regardless, okay. even if you're a fan, 
even if you're paying full price, go watch it, especially with like friends if you want to like go for like a, a good hang or whatever. It is a little long. Three hours? No, no. It, it's a, it's like two, two hours. Two hours and 45 minutes. No, it's just two hours, but it's it, it, it feels long because they're like when it, when there's a certain act that's over, you think like we have to be near the end and there's still like 40 uh, minutes okay. left. That's like you know what I mean? Movie now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but other than that, other than that, great. The humor is a little, it feels a little forced, but because the performers and the performances are so strong, um, it doesn't, it, it doesn't take away that much. Okay. You know what I mean? But it is, if you are like critical of, not critical, if you like a, are, if you appreciate uh, comedy done well, it is a little uh, like uh, obvious that they're like forcing it a little, a, a little bit. Okay. But I mean, it's, it doesn't take away from the fact that like a lot of these jokes are very clever. You know, it's a good um, movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Okay. Not a great movie. I don't love. I don't love it as much as like the internet seems to be like going nuts over it. Okay. But really good. Okay. And I highly suggest Movie Pass. All right. Movie Pass is phenomenal. Um. That's it. That's all we got, right? Awesome. Yep. All go right. right. Go listen to Reputation. Go watch Thor. Go listen to the Babysitters Club Club. Yes, and go sign up for Movie Pass. Yes. Uh, and remember to uh, rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes. Follow us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at Noah's Listening Podcast. And uh, until then, we'll see you guys soon. Enjoy the holidays. Enjoy guys. Thanksgiving. Enjoy Thanksgiving. All right. Take care, guys. You want to say bye? Bye.